What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Fighting, feuding with Carlito, but he had a street fight with Jesus on SmackDown around that time, and it was when SmackDown was in Sky One, mm-hmm. and they showed it in black and white. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the blood, probably. Yeah, they sometimes do that. Mm. Because of my hearing, I have not got a clue how these levels are, so we'll just need to. No, they're it. fine. They're fine. I also remember uh, when they used to have like chair shots, or when you're going through the table and stuff, they used to pan into the crowd so you didn't see it. Or, <laughs> or they froze the camera, <laughs> which was always so annoying. I hated that. Mm. And there was also a point when they would show SmackDown the Wednesday after, and it was like five to seven at night, so it yep. wasn't as. Uh, it wasn't as censored as the Saturday morning ones mm-hmm. but on this episode Benoit pinned Jericho under some shutters and then smashed his face with a steel chair on the floor and they still cut away from it <laughs> it was quite brutal to be fair uh, the good old funny days aye, chair shots to the head can't beat it <laughs> Anything you want to discuss beforehand? Nah. Anything you want to discuss during it? Oh, really? <laughs> so, we're going to discuss Finn, Daniel Bryan, and probably discuss uh, how the WrestleMania card's shaping up some AEW, and then just whatever, and then the quiz. I've got a, a nice quiz for you tonight. I think you'll enjoy it. I'm just going to take my camera off now. Aye, mine's isn't working. Okay, let's go for it. Yep. Yep. Hello, and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Ricky. A good evening to you, sir. We had a relatively dry day over here in the place where the Countess... Megan Markle can call home if she ever wants to come over. How are you? Doing well, doing well. It was a nice day. Sun was out. It was about 12 degrees. Tops off weather for over here. Tops off, tits out. That's it. So, last week we had the good old quiz, triple threat with Caleb, and before that, I was excited. Like, it's, it's, it's a rare thing when I'm actually excited to do a an episode of a Ricky and Clive show, right? And that's not nice to say. But for the second week in a row, I'm excited before we start talking. No lead in? No. Why is that, Clive? Sorry, I was talking, I realised I was on mute. 
Um, All right. Tell me, tell me, tell me why. Well, it's because that Daniel Bryan fella, he just can't, he can't stop him from getting himself over. He can't stop himself from hijacking and <laughs> getting involved in another WrestleMania match, potentially. This boy, I mean, right, obviously this is all... It's not as if he's doing it on his own, and it's not as if they're writing the stories backstage where it's, he's been teased for WrestleMania. But you just you believe again. You believe with us, a guy once again. And I said a few weeks ago that I was going to make a, a conscious effort to start watching SmackDown, and I have been watching it for the past few weeks. And far and away, the best story going on it. Close second being Big E and Apollo Crews, though, is the whole thing between Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Jey Uso and Edge. And it took a big turn this week where you, you were expected Jey Uso to be the special guest enforcer for the match at Fastlane between Reigns and Bryan. Then Edge pops down says, no, no, we'll have a match at Fastlane. No, we'll have a match on Friday night and whoever wins will be the special guest enforcer. So the plot thickens, there's twists and turns. It's it's exciting. It's absolutely like genuinely has me excited for not only SmackDown but for uh, that awkward pay per view in the middle of the Rumble and WrestleMania and Fastlane. And even with the last couple of weeks, it was at the chamber where the the whisperings between Roman Reigns and Edge had you on tenterhooks, Daniel Bryan just come in and says no, no, I want to have a word. I've got a few things I want to get off my chest. And it's been an absolute delight. The, the Fastlane card's already got two, I think, two confirmed. Well, I need to check, but there's two matches already. So there's Roman and Daniel Bryan, um, with most likely we're assuming it's going to be Edge as the special enforcer. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Drew versus um, Sheamus as well, uh, which you know I think that's going to be really really good. Big E and Apollo Cruz just in the last week or so have just suddenly turned into a a pretty good feud, and it's already you know some real bad blood there as well. Um. Uh, I know we're talking about Daniel Bryan, but just because you mentioned his fast line, there, Braun Strowman, Shane. Uh, I think that could be a pretty decent five, ten minute um, chaotic type match. Something crazy is going to happen, but it'll be, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be anything great, but I just expect something kind of insane to take place. Aye. I don't, um, I don't see that finishing at fast line. There'll probably yeah, be some sort not. of count out or something, and then it'll get a lovely. No DQ match at Mania, probably. Well, Shane can fly off something, no doubt. Um, but yeah, Daniel Bryan. Um, I personally think the way it will play out is, like I say, is when Edge win uh, next, well, this coming Friday. Um, and then I think what will happen uh, fastly, which is what this Sunday will be. Edge will end up getting wound up during the match or something and maybe hit a, go to hit a spear on Roman or do something and ends up hitting Daniel Bryan and Roman takes advantage and gets the win. Mm-hmm. And then I think that obviously could lead to 
bit of tension between Edge and Daniel Bryan with Daniel Bryan kind of getting inserted into that match. Um, I could see this WrestleMania. This is, could, if that's the triple threat they're going to go with, I could see that um, possibly leading to Roman losing the title. Oof. With Daniel Bryan pinning Edge, and then Roman has another gripe. Uh, but I can't, we obviously can't say for certain that Daniel Bryan's going to be in that match, but I don't see how you can leave him out now. I know, it's one of those instances where it's as if they're writing themselves into a corner because I was under the impression that uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley and Sheamus would be the trip, the sort of multi-man main event title match but it's all set so far for Re- Sheamus, no sorry McIntyre and Lashley Well that's been confirmed so Which I... Uh, wished for a couple of months ago so you're welcome and I also wished for Asuka and Shayna Baszler no Asuka and Charlotte but Asuka and Shayna Baszler they've got some unfinished business we can talk about that later Um, they're writing themselves into a corner here where it could be one of those instances that the fans will be pissed off if Daniel Bryan isn't in the main event like properly pissed off because he's inserted himself in He's done very well at it. He, he brought up some really good points with Roman Reigns with a contract signing, saying, "Fine, if Roman, if you don't want to sign this contract, just remember that I made your cousin quit and you couldn't, and that got Roman Reigns back up." Daniel Bryan, it, it just, he can't, he can do no wrong, in my eyes. Uh, if you look back at the Captain Planet stuff, in between then he's had some quiet times. He's helped put over some other guys. He's been involved, apparently, in writing. And by many accounts, SmackDown has been pretty strong the last wee while. He had a fantastic match with AJ Styles for the Intercontinental Championship on TV, one of my matches of the year last year. And it's the last few weeks, it's made it seem, and this is a good point from Rab Ropes in the group chat that we've got, Edge has become the third wheel. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, like it was avoidable, you know, if you were really desperate for Edge and Roman, like Daniel Bryan. There's history there, you know. Um, obviously, going back to when he had, he, he had the match with Triple H, and a couple of match with Batista and Orton. But even you know when he when he came back and. The Royal Rumble in Philadelphia, the Roman, Roman win, like, you know, the fans kind of hijacked that as well, and because they were desperate for Daniel Bryan to win, I think, you know, once is a, could be a one-off, but if this keeps happening, you know, at some point you're going to have to either be like, look, he has to be our guy kind of thing, or you just need to keep him away from mm-hmm. certain people on the roster, if, if that's the route you're trying to go down. Um, nothing good can come of putting Daniel Bryan anywhere near Roman and Edge and I say nothing good I mean that from like WWE management and Vince type of thinking if they didn't want Daniel Bryan to or they didn't want to change this match to a triple threat um, so as you say they've kind of brought it upon themselves I say, who knows maybe they don't go down that route but I just I don't see 
why you would have Edge in there potentially as a special force or special ref, whatever it might be, um, to then not ultimately kind of have a a screwy finish uh-huh. in a sense, um, and then what's your payoff from there? You know, if Edge cost Daniel Bryan a match, then surely all roads must lead to Daniel Bryan exacting some sort of revenge. Yeah, I mean, even even if Edge has played it by the book, and however whatever capacity he has in the match, Jay Uso could possibly come down and distract Edge. So I think you're guaranteed a screwy finish of some description, and unless you want to bolster an episode of Smackdown in the lead up to Wrestlemania, which I can't see their only option left is to have Daniel Bryan in that title match Yep yep. I'm completely agree with that I think it will be um, Wrestlemania's kind of starting to take shape now Yes. Um, I think this is one of my issues with having a couple of biggish pay-per-views in between it it takes quite a while for some of the mania matches to take shape um, so and normally I would like Wrestlemania matches like kind of to be confirmed um, like five six weeks in advance because Wrestlemania is only, is only three and a bit weeks away so it is so, and I see what I'm saying like and so far, there's only maybe four um, confirmed WrestleMania matches. Uh, <coughs> and it's Drew and Bobby Lashley, Bianca Valera versus Sasha, Roman versus Edge, subject to change. And now after Monday there, yesterday we've got AJ and Omos versus New Day. Um, like I said, there was a couple of couple of other ones that, you know, it's on the horizon. Um, I think it's, I think it's relatively fair to assume we're going to get Randy Orton and Fiend of some form of match or some sort of interaction or something happening there. Um, as you mentioned, Braun and Shane probably is going to continue. We could either get Cesaro and uh, Seth or Seth and Nakamura. Ah, um, Charlotte and Asuka are asking Shayna Baszler potentially. I think they've already they've put a little seed there now for KO and Sammy as well. Um, you know, but I like I say, I feel like some of those stories still need to be fleshed out. We're three weeks away, you know. Um, surely asking Charlotte if that's the case or whoever Asuka's facing. That match should have been decided already. Um, I would like to see KO and Sammy. I'm always on board for that, but I'd like that storyline to fester a little bit and to get that. I know it probably won't take much because of the history, but I would like to get that bad blood really stewed and boiling up, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's just so, a couple of matches so far, but that's my issue that's been with this match for quite a while now. Is it, it takes a long time for the card. To be finalised, and like I said, we're almost three weeks away from WrestleMania. That's true. I fall on a different side of that fence because usually you've got Elimination Chamber in there, and I do enjoy that match 
as a concept, so I'm always looking forward to the Chamber pay-per-views. As for Fastlane, it has a bit of a... It's still quite a young pay-per-view in the grand scheme of things. And I don't know if it has... And I can't remember off the top of my head if it's helped pave the way for WrestleMania. But this year, like I, I, I said, it was funny that when I went on Twitter on Sunday morning to say that my seven-year-old has been watching Smackdown with me and she says that Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan is match of the century. <laughs> that I, went I on mean, to she's pro- not wrong. She's <laughs> not telling you. Um, <laughs> I went on to see that one of your tweets had been liked and you'd been talking about Daniel Bryan as well. So we must have watched it quite close to each other or something. And for the first time in a long time, fair enough, I hadn't been watching main roster stuff. But I'll even include NXT in this. I was thoroughly excited about this Fastlane match to the point where I want it right now. Okay, we have said in the past, and I know Rance is a big proponent of this as well, for Roman and Daniel Bryan one-on-one at WrestleMania. That's just salivating. But we're getting it now, and it's it's a pivotal match in terms of the story that's been told for these this wee bunch of group this group of men and the, on the road to WrestleMania so well it's a bit clustered in terms of how many pay-per-views you've got at this time of the year Thank I cannot you. wait and I'm like thoroughly looking forward to it I think the problem I think having two pay-per-views um, between um, Royal Rumble WrestleMania is way too much because Royal Rumble took place on the thirty first of Jan. Elimination Chamber took three week took place three weeks later in road, uh, Roadblock. Fastlane is taking place four weeks later and then WrestleMania takes place three weeks later. I don't think you need the two. You could have had Elimination Chamber slash Fastlane a couple of weeks mm-hmm. or even a week later and then had a five six build five six week build up to WrestleMania. I just feel like not all of these stories are being allowed to fully be told and fleshed out because you've got a couple of other other stories happening along the way. Yeah, we've had Roman and Edge, but now we're getting Roman and Daniel Bryan. And then, like I said, we're only going to get a matter of weeks before we get to WrestleMania. Um, Bobby and Drew really only started this week. Um, yeah. You know, so still not enough time. There will be enough time to flesh some of these stories out, but I would like longer. Um, and like I said, I'd rather we didn't announce Bobby and Drew because it now makes it feel Sunday's matches now between Sheamus and Drew just a foregone conclusion. If they made that maybe a number one contender match, I understand that we probably still would have went in with the mentality of, well, it's number one contender, but Drew's definitely winning it. But it might have still been a little bit of an element of doubt you just never know really what they're going to do but now there's no doubt who's going to win that match but that match will still be great um, we just had one a few weeks back as well so yeah let's say um, too many pay-per-views just, just in general but I feel like the two in between Rumble and Mania is just a little too much um, <coughs> and obviously with Rumble sorry WrestleMania being two nights um, I don't think they will but I would love to see Sasha and Bianca close one of the 
one of those nights and hopefully Reginald just fucks off. It's funny you say that and I think many of us who have children have said this as well that you watch wrestling with a different viewpoint when you're watching it with your kids because if for instance on Smackdown there you, you had a, a a clothes shop segment where Nia Jax took Reginald out to get him an outfit and they were doing the whole changing room scene, you know the montage that you usually get mm-hmm. and normally I would groan at that and roll my eyes but watching it with my daughter it was rather amusing because she's waiting for them to finally have a winch at some point soon. So yeah, I, and that's it. Like you say, when you, when you do watch with kids, you do get a different viewpoint. And when they're asking you things, and you see things that they're picking up on, you know, it's probably stuff that we don't pick up on because yeah. obviously kids have got a different way of thinking and just a different uh, the brain probably process things differently. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. Um, but I haven't told my son yet that almost is go out to have his first match on the main water. Uh-huh. He's obsessed with almost. <laughs> um, so what a random person to be obsessed with. I know. Yeah, I think it's just because he's so big. Aye. And then, was it the one with, was it Morrison, I think it was? It happened with a steel chair and, and it just like... It, it, it broke. It, it broke. He couldn't believe that. He was like, oh my God, like how, look how strong he is. He broke the chair. Mm-hmm. How did he not feel it kind of thing? So if it's just wee things like that, we may, we might find little things that are really stupid and roll eyes at. But as we say, like for the most part, we're not really a target audience in a way. Um, but like I said, he's enamoured with that big guy. Well, considering that mostly what we want is not the, we're not the target audience. That my daughter's most anticipated match is this Roman Reigns Daniel Bryan one. Because I've asked her without without leading questions, without sort of saying, is it him? I've asked, who's your favourite? And she says, Daniel Bryan. She loves the yes movement stuff. She really liked the cage match a couple of weeks ago. She's desperate for him to win. She, I don't even think she's... She keeps thinking Edge is the, the baddie in it. I've not told her about heels and baby faces yet, just good goodies and baddies. But she's, she well, at some it, point, Edge will need to turn heel, I think. Yes. And, it, and it's just it's just so reminiscent of Orton and Batista because Batista comes back and he's a big baby face and everyone we haven't seen him back and all of a sudden, he's the one that has to transition, start to transition into the heel room. Mm. And does so, especially post-mania. I, um, I don't think that's a bad thing, because... Well, definitely not. I don't like Edge's face. I understand coming back to face because it was such a big thing. Mm-hmm. When he comes back, and obviously gets hurt, but then he comes back again to Royal Rumble, and yeah, fine, you keep him as a face, and you couldn't exactly have him going heel against Roman, but now it would be the perfect time for him to embrace the, the heel thing. Even whatever happens on Sunday, if, if he does an inverter that hit Daniel Bryan, you can turn that around and be like, well, you came in involved in my thing, uh, and so I wanted to like, take you out, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like I said, Fastlane this Sunday should be good. There's a good few matches on there that should just be outstanding matches. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, looking forward to watching it with my seven-year-old as well, just to see like, how much he loves it and just some of the stuff that he picks up on. Because he picks up on stuff that maybe, we, like I said, we won't. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, 
certainly, certainly looking forward to Fastlane. I'm really looking forward to that Roman and Daniel Bryan match. Oh, like, so pumped for it. So yeah. pumped for it. The one they had a few years back, um, post that WrestleMania that Roman won, mm-hmm. was excellent as well. 2015. Um, yep, and I, I expect this one to be every bit as good. I sincerely hope so. You're talking about Drew and Sheamus. I think if things stay the way they are, considering the work that Sheamus has put in, not only since he's returned from injury, but when he got drafted to Raw, I think it would be disappointing if he wasn't involved in the main event scene at WrestleMania. It'll be interesting to see where they go with that title on at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, and then possibly could get Sheamus and Drew again post-WrestleMania. Um, I'm not entirely sure how I'd feel about Drew winning the title again because it feels like between SummerSlam and WrestleMania, three title reigns feels excessive and, like I say, two of them felt like it wasn't necessary to for him to lose the title. Um, like I say, I don't really know. We'll, we'll have an idea post-WrestleMania, especially if Drew, if, sorry, if Bobby Lashley retains. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see. But I... Right now, my early pick would be Drew to, to pick that title up again, but I look forward to that match in a few weeks' time as well. The... I'm not in as much as a rush for Drew to retain as I once was, or as I once would have been, because obviously I've said on here many times and in my columns many times that Drew has had a, a fantastic year, fantastic 15, 16 months now, um, but I don't think he's going to disappear into the mid-card or lesser anytime soon. I think he'll either be in, in the main event scene or in the very upper mid-card for the foreseeable so if he wasn't to win it I wouldn't be disappointed well him dropping down a little and, and going maybe down in, into the US title scene as well is not an issue because at the end of the day like it's a cycle that happens um, it does you know you can't have the same same two or three people continuously in the, in the main event scene it's just the way it does like for instance like Kenny Omega didn't sniff um, the AEW title scene for a while you know mm-hmm. he was involved in the tag stuff with Hangman tag team champions before ultimately transitioning out of that and making his move up towards uh, the title with Mox um, and, and now, just because I mentioned AEW like now you'll start to see Mox transition out of that um, and we'll come back to AEW but uh, it's just what happens um yeah, so let's say I expect it to happen with Drew at some point. Um, let's say it's happened with Randy. He was in, involved in the title scene for about three or four months with Drew and then transitions out of it and still stays in like a high-profile feud with The Fiend. Like, whether you like it or not, it's still a high-profile type uh, feud yes. because of the amount of TV time and stuff they've been getting in. And a lot of the, they've closed a lot of segments and stuff, so... Yeah, it's just part and parcel of it. It's just a cycle. Like, you know, he might spend the next six, seven months doing tag stuff, mid-card, upper-card, before transitioning back into the title scene. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. I think just getting him involved in different areas, and I wouldn't say no to a heel turn. Not instantly, but in a few months. I wouldn't say no to that, I think. I don't think they need to 
No, I definitely wouldn't, to be honest. Oh, right. Oh, well, okay. Uh, you'd mentioned Kenny Omega there, and I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on this thing that's going on with Rich Swan, the title v. title v. title thing? Can you tell me, is that for to the winner gets both titles? Because can it's you, not, not can clear you, to me. Sorry, can you can you say that again? Um, I never actually caught what you were saying. I just happened to hear Rich Swan, and then that was it. Uh, Rich Swan and Kenny Omega, the title v title match. It's not been explicitly said. Uh, re- rebellion. I think the does rebellion either take place. I think the week after WrestleMania, maybe two weeks. Um, it's title versus title anyway. Uh-huh. Um, definitely. Uh, yep, it is. So, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I can definitely see that being like a, uh, a double counter, double DQ, a DQ, some, like some sort of finish that doesn't actually end up with one of the guys holding both titles. I, 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 I understand why they're both in bed with each other. It benefits both. It benefits AEW because they get to use some of that talent and, and whatnot. Um, but obviously, um, uh, impact gain a lot from it and more exposure and stuff. But what I just confuses me is like, like AEW aren't going to let Kenny Omega drop exactly. that title to someone that's not in the company. Exactly. So why would um, why why would Impact sign up for that? Like, end of the day, it's still Impact, but you know, why would you sign up for that if that's the case? That's the problem with this whole forbidden door thing. Um, how to satisfy both companies and, and someone's willing to go and someone will need to um, leave the ego at the door and, and just be like, right, okay, we'll do the job, kind type thing. And at the end of the day, Impact aren't anywhere near AEW, but it's it's what if if any New Japan guys really start to get involved in AEW. How's that going to go down? How's that going to look kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm still looking forward to that match. Um, Rich Swan and Kenny Omega, but like I say, I would be really, really, really surprised if Omega walks away with both titles. I see, let's for talking sake say that, that as confirmed that you are the double champ. I really, I really don't see any other alternative other than Kenny Omega being a double champ. It's either Kenny Omega's double champ, or it's um, it ends it ends with like a DQ finish or some sort like that. Because if I'm Impact, I don't want that to happen. I know you could be like, well, you're getting a title on AEW more exposure. That's all well and good. But then AEW need to sign off on Kenny Omega dropping that title at some point. Mm-hmm. I'm losing. And if I'm if I'm AEW, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm like, absolute no way in hell am I going to let my number one wrestler take a pin against someone else 
and an and impact and drop that title where you can I pin the AEW champion and look at the John Moxley with the New Japan US title and yep. I just don't think specifically the AEW TNA relationship I don't think it benefits TNA at all because you've got the, you've got these guys coming in. Kenny's just running roughshod over Rich Swan. He's always got the upper hand, and I would imagine that he's going to walk away with two titles at the end of this pay per view. Whoever's booking it, it's making the impact look less than. And I know that we know that, right? We know that impact have got a history of just not really. Not really working out or clicking or whatever, but it makes him look less than. And there was a, a story a few weeks ago about Sammy Guevara walking out of tapings because he didn't want to do the job or something like that. It's, it's not it's not making impact look good at all. I think they're losing out from it, and I don't know what it's doing for numbers or anything like that. But I just I think it's just making impact look less than, even with. AEW in their corner. The other thing is obviously Finn just beat the Good Brothers for the, the um, Impact World Tag Titles as well. Mm-hmm. And whether they take that to New Japan, don't know. But again, it's just like it's typical Impact TNA stuff. Where, you know, it's like other people coming in and well, they're automatically obviously better than other guys. You know, like oh. This XWW guy gets released, we have to get them and push them to the moon. It's like, you know. So, I, I think that's one of the issues the Forbidden Door um, thing brings um, just how to satisfy all of the parties. At the end of the day, like, AEW and other people are going, well, who cares about impact? And that, that might well be the case, but it's just like, you know, like, for me personally, it's just like, well, is there more to lose than gain here by Impact doing this? Um, <laughs> oh, excuse me. But what I will also say about AEW is, um, Eddie Kingston saved that company in about thirty seconds or last Wednesday. Because uh, I don't know what happened. He cut a promo with him in box, sitting down over like drinking whiskey or whatever it was. Um probably went for about two minutes long. Kinda split it half and half and if this is leading to a mo uh, Mox and, and and Kingston teaming up and being in the tag division, I'm all for that. I think that'll be great. And again that goes into the whole cycle where Mox has been nothing but the number one guy at the top ever since he came in AEW but now we'll transition out of that and move to other things but still say very very relevant um, basically the promo went along the lines that Omega didn't know how to set up a, a, a proper deathmatch type thing and people are talking about how there was no explosions and stuff and why was I there and he was like well it took me back to a dark place it took me back my anxiety kicked in, and the only time I've felt with that is when, like, the prison doors uh, cells locked, and I was stuck there, and it took me back to that dark place when my anxiety kicked in, and I wasn't myself, kind of thing, and it was just like, 
I'm not doing it justice when I'm speaking about it, but it was just he stopped talking after about 45 seconds. I was like, You've literally just saved that entire storyline. But what you have just saved makes all the sense in the world. What you've just said has made Tony Khan and Omega and everyone, you've saved them. Because, in my opinion, no chance in hell was was that supposed to go that way. I, I believe Box called, made a say cable, Caleb said last week, called him out in the middle of the ring, quick as, quick as tack, after a uh, pay-per-view says that Mega doesn't want to do a death match. But then, obviously, Tony Khan comes out and says, well, do you want us to do sh- uh, short of, like, killing the guys? So, to me, it wasn't planned, but Kingston saved it. Saved the storyline. Like I tweeted out as soon as I saw the saw the promo, I was like, "He's a genius. He's just a bloody genius." It was just now all of a sudden you're like, "Right, okay, now we can transition to the next thing because what you've just done is you've made sense of something that looked idiotic and just looked embarrassing." Yeah. So I thought Kingston was was fantastic. Mm. I think absolutely fantastic. I think the explanation is good. The explanation makes sense, but the Eddie Kingston that that I've seen that I've been exposed to would he not be like fucking raging with them and then attack them like without even thinking about it instead of sitting away from them? But I think it. I think what it does right and it. it I thought it was beautiful, right? Because I think there's a lot of different. I think there's little subtle things because every person on this earth has some form of weakness, some form of like I don't like that, or it takes you to a bad place. Mm-hmm. As crazy as you may be, and Kingston is as bad as it come. But I think he says what he said made all the sense in the world. But he says. It didn't matter what actually happened because when that took place, what I was expecting to happen, it just took me to that dark place that I was before and I didn't want to be there. And it, and it just showed that little bit of weakness in him and in a good way, in a good way, a good weakness that makes him more relatable and makes you more sympathetic towards him, makes you think, well, do you know what, like... You are a badass. You do some crazy stuff, but there's a mental, there's a, there's a mental block there at times. There's something going on with you, like you, your mental health at times. Like you've got that little trigger. That you're like, that, you know, you've shown that you've come through stuff, and there's and and and, and, and it heart it, it taps into real life stuff, like where, where where a lot of people go through stuff and and experience traumatic things, and there's always something that's a trigger that takes you back to there. Whether it's a being in a jail and you hear the locking of the door, or whether it's just simple things like, you know, um, you may have gone somewhere nice with your partner and, and I, I could have gone to, like, let's just say Madrid or Paris or New York or something. And when you see something on the TV talking about it, it, it takes you back to that thing, like, oh, I remember when we done that there kind of thing. So for me, I thought it was beautiful. I just felt that it tied in fantastically well. It took him to a place that he didn't want to be. And he started having anxiety and panic attacks because he didn't want to be in that place anymore. He thought he'd got over that part, and, but he actually hasn't. 
fair enough. I think by the sounds of how you've described it, they did make the best out of a, a bad situation. I thought they really did. I thought I thought that promo saved it. I really did. Fair enough. <laughs> um, apologies for the coughing tonight. Uh, I've got a cold that's been lingering for over a week. My hearing has gone completely near enough, so I don't know how I can hear what's going on. Um, so I'll try not to cough any longer, but I've not really got a segue for this. I, I want to make an official apology. Now, apology is a strong word. It's a, a correction that you get in the you get corrections in the newspaper. Well, a few weeks ago I had talked about not being, or I talked about appreciating and respecting Finn Balor's wrestling, but not, not being my cup of tea. Well, I take that back and I want to apologise and I want to offer my services to Finn Balor in any way he sees fit because that fella had an absolute stonker of a match against Adam Cole on last Wednesday's NXT there and it was all because of one moment where you get a suplex out of the ring or you get a suplex onto the the steel steps where Finn Balor picked Adam Cole up at the steel at the steel steps no sorry the steel ramp he was at the steel steps and he picked Cole up for a suplex and walked backwards a good few steps, like a couple of yards, two or three yards, to make sure that the landing of the suplex left Cole's the small of his back on the steel of the ramp. And that single five-second moment, I was in awe of just the sheer, very simple, small change of tactic that you don't see that often by many wrestlers done by Finn Balor. Just, I'm going to suplex you, but I'm going to maneuver myself to make sure it hurts you that bit more. And I was totally like, sometimes you know, when you're watching a match, and you're kind, it's kind of you're just staring at it with glassy eyes, not really taking it in. Well, when that suplex hit, when he walked backwards, I was glued to what Finn Balor was doing. And obviously, Adam Cole, I've been a bit uh, cheeky with him and his weight and his super kicks and all that. But he was quite the foil, and it just worked so well. Finn Balor was just in pure destruction mode, working the body parts, uh, reversing moves like Canadian destroyers into just reversing moves, and so he can get his double stomps in. I just thought it was a, a right clinical and ingenious match for Finn Balor. I don't know if you've actually seen it or not. Do you know the part I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fine. If you you don't feel the same, that's fine. But I, I no, like I thought that match was great. Like I've always, I'm like I know what you said about Finn, but I've always been a big fan of, of Finn's wrestling style, especially um, what he's been doing in NXT for a while now. Um, but yeah, like I said, that that was a really really good match. Um, I and what I like is we from the fallout of the match, we've got two storylines now. In two matchups that we're going to see, it stand and deliver as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think stand and deliver. I don't think there's been any confirmed matches really, um, but I think we could probably name 
a few. Um, Finn versus Karrion Cross. I absolutely loved this line from Finn to Cross without even looking at him. What took you so long? I, I know. See, it's those wee bits that Balor does. What took you so long? Yeah, that, was, yep, that was just phenomenal. Um, obviously, when you get Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Eo uh, versus Raquel. Yes, finally. Um, I think we're going to get Escobar versus Jordan Devlin. Mm. Um, Devlin himself, I think, is on his way to NXT. He might be there tomorrow, maybe next week. I don't know. I don't know if it's a quarantine thing. Hopefully, he gets um, arrested on the way. That's the thing, though. Like, I know that whole Me Too movement and stuff. The stuff with Jordan Devlin to me was still a bit. I don't want to say sketchy or, or not true because you know, I don't. We got photos of what he'd allegedly done, and then there was nothing after that. But, you know, so I'm not going to say that the woman made it up about Jordan Devlin, but we never really got just like a lot of them. We never got like a definitive. We, we didn't see any closure on it. Yeah, which is you know. I think um, I do. I respect what you're saying there. Because a lot of them just went quiet, but... Uh, but I think the difference between that one and a, a number of other ones, like the one with um, Travis Banks, Joe Coffey, and a couple of others, there was, like, actual proof that it was them that done it. That was the only thing I've always felt about the Devlin one, as much as we might, we might say things about it. And I remember uh, Session Moth. Session Moth. She kind of liked his rebuttal to it and I was like well do you know what if you look around at certain people who are sticking by certain people and I just felt like that was an indication that maybe you know what she felt but at the same time that like, we don't know but like I said it's difficult to lump them in with the likes of Joe Coffey and stuff because we could actually see what they were doing and that's my only reservation about it like, like I said I'm not saying I don't believe the woman at all like I said it was just it's difficult to be like he definitely done that because we don't know if you know, like if, if we saw something. I don't know in the same similar the way we saw with coffee and banks and everyone. You know, might be saying differently. It's just it's difficult. I don't want to. I don't want to ever come across like we can't. We we would say the, the alleged victim is making things up. I would never say that. But at the same time, I'll be like, well, I don't want to suddenly crucify someone without evidence and letting it play out, kind of thing. The thing with that, it's actually, I know you've got your Travis Banks and Jack Gallagher's and all those folk, but Jordan Devlin one is Jordan Devlin's situation is one that I'm on the complete opposite fence about because it's the only one I've seen where his alleged victim has went on and put a Kickstarter out or a GoFundMe on Twitter and all those places to help with legal costs for an ongoing case and I'd, I think it would be an incredibly shitty human being for people to do a GoFundMe for a case that they're doing, it's, it's a lie if that makes sense, so because yeah, of that that's case what I'm it's, yeah, exactly and, and, and there's plenty of shit people out there that would do stuff like that and there's plenty of people wouldn't, so that's what I'm saying it's just, it's very you know, this more than anything it was just like, we never really heard much after it in the sense that we were like, well, where did this go, kind of thing? Like, yeah, you kind of disappeared off NXT, but so did a lot of people. Like, you know, NXT stopped, UK stopped recording for a long time, so um, 
Well, so it was just it's very still very up in the air. That's dodgy. It's just the fact that they're flying them out to America. Like, yep. Can that be done during a legal case? Probably can. So I'm just, I'm still no. It's going to take a miracle for me to be back on Jordan Devlin's side, so I'm not really wanting yep. to support anything he's involved in. Um, but I mean, the match itself will be, should be good. Probably. Um, I think we might, we're, we're getting Lorcan and Butch versus MSK. Probably. Um, and then, I don't know what, but Walter's going to make a statement as well on NXT UK this week, and I don't really know what that statement's going to be. Oh, he, he's, that'll be for Champa. Perhaps. So that'll be another one. Um, and then you obviously have to wonder what's next for Kaylee Ray. Like she has legit beat everyone now. I knew so, she would. I knew she'd beat Miko Satamura. So it's that she might be involved one way or another. We'll wait and see. Um, the... The match that I've been wanting since December, since our last Women's Standing match, uh, Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez. Yep. Like, I'm so, I've been wanting that for months and months, and it's why I could not give two shits that Gonzalez and Dakota Kai lost those titles, those t- tag titles. Lovely belts, by the way, really beautiful belts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost those titles that night because. Fair play to Dakota Kai. She's never been one of my favourites. Raquel Gonzalez caught my eye, especially during the War Games match. Uh, the, the rivalry with Rhea Ripley. She's, she has not put a single foot wrong in the lead up to this, so I'm all for it. That's one of the matches I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, obviously, women's tag titles is a, a big deal going forward. Mm-hmm. And... I'm quite excited about it because the Dusty Classic, the the matches were very, very fast-paced. And Emberman and Shotzi, Shotzi's quite bad for tele- needing moves telegraphed, and she can be quite botchy. Um, but her and Emberman are a very exciting tag team, so I'm glad that they're the champions. They've, they bring a, it's just like a thousand miles an hour tag team stuff. So I'm happy that they're the tag champs. I'm happy that there's a lot of the women, which is it's a stacked, stacked roster, the women's side of NXT. Excited to see where that goes going forward. You'd said about the tag team titles. I think you're going to get a fatal four-way ladder match there because MSK, uh, Bertrand Lorcan, and Grizzled Young Vets and Fandango, Please, Angle, sorry. They all interacted with each other on Wednesday night there. It's coming up for WrestleMania season, TakeOver. I think that can only mean one thing, and we're going to get a big fuck-off ladder match for the tag titles. Maybe, maybe. I, I know you mentioned Ember and Shotzi. I would, I'm looking forward to when Ember goes back in as a singles wrestler um, and starts to make her way up that card. I, yep. think, I think she's still terrific. I think she's um, found another gear. Yep. I think she's a lot faster. I really like Ember. I really, I've always liked Ember. 
I, I like her for the other reasons, but we're a PG podcast. <laughs> so what a load of shite that statement is. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm a bit. I'm a fan of shorts as well for other reasons, but so this is quite the tag team. Yep. Have you caught much of Zoe Stark? No. Oh, this this lassie's finisher is absolutely amazing. She starts it off like it's if she's about to do a, a back suplex, but it turns into a go to sleep. It is. It looks so sweet and so deadly, and it's a great finisher because it kind of can come out of nowhere. She is. She's got. She's her muscle is packed on. She's getting vignettes already, and she's her first appearance was on Two or Five Live when they did a couple of the Dusty matches there. Someone in NXT likes Zoe Stark, and it's good to see she's doing very well for herself already. So watch this space, ladies and gents. Um, I'm just having a quick look at her finisher right now. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I told you, it's so oh, good. that is beautiful. Who is that, that against? That's absolutely beautiful. Uh, right, I have a question before we might move on to the quiz. Okay. Oh, never thought Rick and Clive would, would ask this question. Which is? Do WWE or wrestling in general miss Brock Lesnar? Oh. Um, no, I, I, I would have liked him back personally. Things have obviously transpired with. Uh, Bobby Lashley and I'd said a couple of months ago I would like this to happen is it, see the way things are turning out this WrestleMania is very catered to me and that gets me happy but I would have had no problems whatsoever if after the Chamber or the Royal Rumble if Brock Lesnar came back and said fuck you Drew I'm coming back for you otherwise though uh, I don't think so wrestling in general um, or WWE in general, possibly. What do you think? Um, I don't know if miss is the right word because I think what miss implies is that there's a big gap or there's, there's a big lack of stars or a lack of something or you know or that they're desperately needing him to boost the product mm-hmm. what I will say though is that I actually do kind of miss seeing him he would do welcome back basically yeah um, what I would like to see though is him coming back without Heyman Aye, it would be a very different setup. That's what I know people can talk about. Oh, he doesn't speak and blah, 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 blah. But I would still be intrigued by that prospect, if I'm honest. 
I says I would, I would, I would like to see him back. I think I still maintain that there's a case to be made that this guy is the greatest of all time when he wants to be. Um, you know, um, a guy of his size and able to do what he does, like he's one of the legit, absolute greats. Um, so it'll be interesting. I would like. If he was to come back, and I see where I know it's unrealistic, so I don't think he will be coming back this year, that I would like to see just a different style of match. I don't want to see the same thing over again, because I'm always capable of doing more. Mm-hmm. You know, but I certainly would be open to the idea of him coming back. Definitely. Did you not decide in Canada? I think so. Because they've got some major... Border issues with the COVID stuff. I know, but I won't. I don't know how how it would work with him being an American citizen, though. You mm-hmm. know. Well, from what I recall from reading a Michael Moore book years ago, there is actually a bridge in Niagara Falls that takes you from Canada to New York. It's not policed. It's not patrolled. You can just walk. Across a bridge at Niagara Falls, straight into America. So, uh, for anyone who's got problems getting over the border, <laughs> there's your advice. <laughs> I would assume that that is now patrolled. Uh, probably after that book was published, I or the bridge was just bombed or something, just collapsed. It's an interesting question. The wrote less nothing, because I I am with my conscious effort to not take wrestling so seriously anymore after that brutal twenty twenty. I wouldn't hate it if he came back. Sorry, did you say you would hate it? I wouldn't hate it. Stunning how we have went. Complete one eighty here. Well, I would say one twenty three for me. (laughs) You, you're a big mark, though. You are a broke mark. Calling the goat after they basically gave Daniel Bryan a bottom earlier. Yeah, and I said I came to. I grew to appreciate what he was and everything he brought. I wasn't a fan of the way he was booked, but I've always maintained that that wasn't a Brock issue. That was a Vince issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like Brock. Um, it's just, just well, I, I can't say I've always liked him. I say that I've just been annoyed the way he was booked, and I felt like you were. It was pushing Brock was doing damage to the roster as a whole. Yes. Um, but I've always said it was always a Vince McMahon thing. I just, I, it was a style of matches as well. Super- I remember, and I'm sorry, yeah, super, so as soon as that came, became a thing, that really, really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and just really started ruining a lot of his matches. Mm-hmm. But you knew where it was going and how it was going to play out and stuff. It's true. I just preferred the ones that you had, the smaller guys, uh, AJ Styles. The that SummerSlam match with Seth Rollins was 
an absolute masterpiece of a match for me. I wish he wrestled more like that. And if he was on a limited schedule, and those were just the kind of matches we got, I'd be a happy camper. A very happy camper. But my, my issue and my point with that was that a lot of those matches, they all went the same, like the Finn, Daniel Bryan, AJ, Seth. They all kind of went the same way Brock would would start off fast, strong, dominate. Guys would kind of uh, come back into it, mount a bit of a comeback before Brock ultimately, you know. Suplex, suplex, F5 done kind of thing. Um, but like I said, I'd like to see, I'd like to see him maybe come back just to see how different it would look without him, and just, just, it's just intrigue. Um, and I think the other thing I was about to say about Brock, and it's completely gone out of my mind, was that um, nah, it slipped because you were saying something. That, it kind of resonated something with me and I just know I can't remember. Damn it. Apologies if I put you off your stride. No, I just, I, I can't remember now at all what I was about to say. But, yeah, I think bottom line, like, I would still, I'm, I'm open to Brock coming back now and I'd be quite excited about that, actually, if I'm honest. Well, obviously this has been recorded, but I'm going to stamp this time and send it to the world. <laughs> And make reference to the Fuck Brock episode. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say, actually, was that out of the two of us, you're the writer. Mm-hmm. But I remember I I told you that I had an itch to write something about the Brock thing with Vince. I don't know if you remember oh, yes. that Do you know what? I've still got that. I'm going to post that right now. <laughs> no, I've got that, though. And do you still have it? Because I was going to quote something I wrote in it, and that's how Vince made me feel at the time. Right, give me a wee second. And that would be my hesitation about bringing him back. How are you going to find it? Oh, Google Docs, baby, but I don't think I've got it. Do you have it? Oh, that's right. I was starting to do it on Google Docs, but I think there's not much there. No, I can't so I find can't it, I'm afraid. I can't actually remember when it was. It was, it was quite a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That's gone. Um, is it gone? Yes, I'm sorry to say. But I do remember one of the... One of the... Um, one of the quotes I had from it. Um... I'm trying to see if I can quickly find it while we are while we are here. Um, if you want, maybe you could just do some plugs where I try to find this actually. Right, I'll do the plugs just now then. Uh, see, I, I, I wrote Dear Vince. Uh, I've found it. Oh, have you? Fantastic. Because <laughs> I actually I read it. I wrote it a little bit and I asked you to give me feedback on it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to read it out? Uh, on you go, I read go it for the it. first two paragraphs, right? This is how Vince made me feel towards the whole Brock thing, just the uh, general title scene. So we started off with, Dear Vince, let me start this off by saying I, I don't hate Brock Lesnar. 
and I actually found myself enjoying his matches these last 12 months. By the way, this was wrote in 2018. But I will say this to you, I hate the idea that Brock is a special attraction who warrants special treatment. More than anything, though, I hate what I have become these last six months, and what that is is someone who is no longer enjoying what should be the emotional roller coaster that is a world world title WWE storyline, and someone now who wants to skip the entire book just to read the last page to find out how it ends. I no longer care for the journey itself, just the destination. For that, Vince, I blame you. As a society nowadays, we have a habit of wanting everything right now, whether it's the latest fashion, the most up-to-date technology, or whether it's, it's the desire to anoint a popular figure as a dominant force in a squared circle, without allowing the script to take you on a journey that not only brings out several different emotions, but something that allows yourself to be caught up in the moment and forget about anything else that may be happening in the world. That was my opening two paragraphs in the, in the next one. As I was saying, I now find myself in that very position, and it's a place. It's a place I do not wish to be part of for much longer. That's very, very poignant, actually, and could be said today. Not so much about Brock, but about not caring about the story. You just want it done, over and done with. Like, for instance, Drew McIntyre and Goldberg. You don't care about the story, the journey. Yep. You just care about the destination. Yep. And I, I was closing off with. Um. Obviously, this was in the midst of Champa and Gargano. Uh, we witnessed a match of a century. Calibre recently in Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano, which told several stories within the match itself and took us on an emotional roller coaster. It got me thinking when was the last time we witnessed this kind of storytelling in a Brock Lesnar match? Right. So, there we go. That was my. That's quite interesting. One actually. time I was actually going to write something. Well, you're going to get a few folk telling you you should write more. So, uh, press the voting button now if you want Ricky to start doing columns. I very much doubt I'll get anyone saying what they want me to write. Writing is not my strong suit. Uh, well, I know what your strong suit is. <laughs> is this a segue into the quiz? It is, I. <laughs> <laughs> right. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to... No, they're not wrestling, okay? So... Main rate is going to be riddles. Alright. Okay, but to get your your brain sort of working and oiled up, I've got a couple of maths brain teasers for you. And these are taken from a publication that you'll know and is close to your heart. It's the Lennox Herald, Ricky. <laughs> yes, local paper for us. Yep, a local weekly newspaper. And these are the 30-second yep. thir- brain teasers. So it's one of those chain... Maths questions, right? So the first number, right? So just say this all out in your head, and then give me the answer at the end, okay? So forty-five. That's your first number, right? Uh-huh. Divide it by nine. Okay. Times that by five. Okay. Double it. Uh huh. Add eleven. Yep. Take away fifteen. Uh-huh. Half that. Uh-huh. 
Yep. <laughs> Times that by four. Okay. You ready for the next bit? Mm-hmm. Divide it by two. Two. And add 29. What is your answer? Right, hold on, I'll just check the answers on the puzzle section of the Lennox Herald. Please go to lennoxherald.co.uk, support your local paper. The answers, let me see, where is it? I should have done this bit beforehand. Uh, it's 75, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> have you actually got the newspaper there? Uh huh. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't get it all the time because, you know, you stop going to your shops all the time, but I needed some essentials today, like milk, stuff like that. So I got the Lennox Herald, which comes out every Tuesday in the Dumbartonshire area. So now that your 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 mind is oiled up, that sounds weird, uh, you ready for some riddles? Yep. These are aimed at children. This is part of the... There we go. Kids, uh, 43 awesome riddles for kids. Now, I won't give you 43. How about 10? Okay. Where are they? Number one. How many months of the year have 28 days? All of them. Oh, <laughs> you're a smart arse. Number two. What has hands and a face but can't hold anything or smile? What has hands and a face and a face but can't hold anything or smile? Mm-hmm. What has hands and a face? A clock. A, cl- a clock, yeah. I th- see, because I'm a hearing thought you said a cock there. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. It belongs to you, but your friends use it more. What is it? It belongs to you, but your friends use it more. Uh Your partner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh dear. Name. Correct. Three out of three. Number four. Katie's mother has three children. Snap, crackle and... Katie. Well done. Well done. Number five. If you don't keep me, I will break. What am I? I promise. Jesus Christ. So, see when you're like, wanking off to math calculations, do, yes. you, do you just like play with your ass with uh, yeah. riddles as well? That's it. You're in your own game, by the way. You should be going on University Challenge or something. No, I crack, I crack under pressure. That was evident last week. You were doing well until you decided to allow Caleb to have, like, five-point questions and I know, stuff. I know, that's where I messed it up. A little aside, uh, I'm amazing at catchphrase and dingbats, and it's my goal in life to go on catchphrase. And my catchphrase... 
and I, I don't even want I don't even want to win. I, I just want to come second place and get a few grand because <laughs> the main prize is a holiday, and I don't know if I would get that time off work. So, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, few grand coming second place, that's fine with me. Anyway, number six. There is only one word in the dictionary that's spelled wrong. What is it? Wrong. <laughs> number seven. <laughs> what? You're running a race, and at the very end, you pass the person in second place. What place did you finish in the race? Second. Number eight. Could we get ten out of ten here? My word. I have a tail and a head, but no body. What am I? Table and a head. Heads or tails? A coin. Number nine. What two things can you never eat for breakfast? Two things can you not eat for breakfast? Never eat at breakfast time. Ah, uh, the way you thought it says that things that you can never eat at breakfast time. Lunch and dinner. I'll listen to you. Number ten. Which word becomes shorter when you add two letters to it? Say it again. Which word becomes shorter? When you add two letters to it, which word becomes shorter when you add short? Fuck's sake! <laughs> you literally destroyed those riddles. You are the new Matt Riddle. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 thank you. I respect women. You do. Do you know how he just comes across as a total asshole in every possible way? Yes, does. Everything. <laughs> really soured on the guy. Even out with, it's probably been painted by the speaking out stuff, but he just comes across like a total dick. It's a shame. Well, not really a shame, but, you know. And Americans. It's hard, it's hard to to root and like someone mm. you know, she's an absolute scumbag. And for our American listeners, he is your champion. <laughs> uh, I'll keep this one for next time, but there is maths based riddles, and I know your um, loins are burning with that one, but we'll keep that for another day. <laughs> Let's do that. But that was, that was a, an outstanding effort from you, well done. Thank you. So, this has been the Ricky and Clive Wrestling and Riddle Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find other shows such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Great Match Generator, All Things Elite, 8-Bit Suplex Podcast and Grave Consequences. Uh, give us a nice five-star review on the podcast app of your choice or at applepodcasts.com. You can get those podcasts at socialsuplex.com as well, where we also do columns, and you can get all that content sent directly to your email inbox if you press the subscribe button. On the show notes, what you find when you're reading this, in the links page, you've got links to 
donating to the show, you have links to the ProWrestlingTees.net page where you've got all the social suplex t-shirts and other merch of the like. Uh, we're at Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group and we're at Rickett and Clive on Twitter. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I just did a pretty seamless plug. You did. Fantastic. There's a first for everything. No, no, you've done well. You've done well. Thank you. Uh, Ricky, anything you'd like to say before we go? Riddle me this, riddle me that. God. Just continue taking care of yourselves, folks. Please do. Be good. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Be kind to one another. And look after yourself. And others. Take care of yourself and each other, as uh, Robert Calroy Silk used to say. <laughs> right. Take care of yourself, folks. Right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, enjoy the living daylights out of Fastlane, because I know I will. Definitely. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.